Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Sarah Reynolds. And I'm Via Williams. Today, we are continuing our leadership series on the second episode of that series, and it is the episode on vision. So it might kind of sound funny that I'm going to start talking about self-vision. I, I don't think that's like anything I've really thought of before, but it's so important. It's it's kind of a weird thing to say, isn't it? Well, it sort of ties in last week's episode, right, yeah. uh, on um, ourselves. So I, I love it. Let's yeah. hear it. And, and that's exactly why I wanted to do it, because we kicked off last week, right, with the topic of self-leadership. And if you haven't listened to that one, I recommend that as a great place to start with this series. And, and we think of self-leadership, right, as the foundation of leadership. So how we talk to ourselves affects our leadership more than anything, I would say. And and vision is no exception to that, Sarah. So I wanted to start out with a question for all of our listeners. It's just a question to reflect on uh, today and this week. And that question is, is your word impeccable? Mm. Is your word impeccable? Some of you might recognize that. It's from The Four Agreements by Dom Miguel Ruiz. But did you know that you have a relationship with your words? What's interesting is we do tend to break our word more with ourselves and with others, which is messed up, and it's just human nature. And what happens, and where you really, really need to watch out for this with yourself, with self-leadership moving into self-vision, is that when we start breaking our word to ourself, trust and self breaks down. And when mm. it happens over and over, it starts resulting in things like lower self-esteem, lower confidence, disappointing disappointment in yourself, and it can it can actually turn into a pretty big funk. But but it, it, I would argue that it it really makes people shrink away from leadership, not lean in towards it. Because what happens is when you continually let yourself down, you feel bad and you feel down on yourself and you gain weight and you you don't do the the sales jobs you're supposed to do to get to the next level, right? You become, you have a very low self-esteem. It really affects you. So the more honorable our relationship with our word is and the more trust we have in ourselves, guess what? The more trust people have in us. Here, I think one of the best examples is our co-host, Wendy. And, and Wendy made a promise to herself a long time ago, I think like eight or 10 years ago. And that promise was, I'm going to wake up three times a week at like 6 a.m. in the morning, and I'm going to work out with a personal trainer. I just feel like that's something I need to do for my health, right? Yep. So her and her husband, Jay, started doing that. And it's been eight, nine, 10 years straight of doing that. Even through COVID, they they went, they have virtual, their, their trainer did it virtually, right? So what I started noticing in Wendy is after she had done that a year or two, she started believing herself. And so then what happened is she said, okay, I'm going to be a net worth, you know, millionaire or five millionaire or 10 millionaire or whatever, whatever it was that she set out for herself by the time I'm, you know, 40 or 45 or 50 or whatever that goal was. And I noticed that the, that she trusted herself to be true to her word because yep. she, she had set that morning appointment and she fulfilled it. And so her brain just said, well, yeah, you did you did that. So I think you're going to do this too. And so then what starts happening is her words started having power because as she started promising herself things and fulfilling them, she started believing herself and she had mm. faith in herself and she knew that she was going to hit goals. And then what started happening is people started following because people go, wait, I, I, I'm seeing 
that she or Sarah, you or me or any of us, I'm seeing that they said they were going to do X and they did X and, and, and it happened and everything they do is successful. And I want to follow that leader. I love that. Uh, and so um, it's the same thing with a vision, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it ta- it goes perfectly with what we're going to talk about today, which is vis- vision casting, because you cannot confidently cast a vision if you doubt yourself. And so if you have not been keeping up with your word to yourself, then there is no way you can confidently stand in front of your organization and do a good job at casting the vision, which that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about um, how to cast a vision to where um, no one ever wants to leave you, right? Um, They see the vision for their life within yours and they don't want to leave. It reminds me of um, Stephen Covey says, and this ties exactly with what you were saying, all things are created twice. First, there is the mental creation, and second, the physical creation. Um, vision pertains to the first creation, meaning what do we see in, in our, our minds first and foremost, but then our people have to see it before they can actually be it or execute it. So today we're going to talk about vision casting as a leader. How do you cast the vision to where no one wants to leave? And I think it does start with ourselves and making sure that we believe ourselves first and foremost to where we can then confidently um, cast that vision. 100%. It, it's it's perfect. The, the, the creating everything twice is exactly what we're talking about with that foundation of self-leadership. And, and as you guys listen to every um, part to the series, right? You, you know, weave it mentally into your head that it still starts with you. You're the only thing you can control in all of this, right? Yes. So when it comes to vision, what Sarah is really saying yep. is, is that, you know, this comes from you. You have to inherently believe that vision so much, so much that other people see that and want to come and align with you. Yeah. I think it reminds me of, um, you know, about, se- about seven years ago, um, I had a team member uh, come into my office and she just looked at me and said, where, where are we going? Like, like, what is the future hold? You're where like, are we going? Lunch or like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and she said, you know, I'm struggling because you haven't shared with us our, the vision of the future. And, um, and she said, I know it's in your head, uh, but you haven't told us. And, and I paused. Um, and uh, initially I was like, no, no, like I, I'm not going to share with you what's sort of in my head. Um, and that's a r- weird answer, right? To give as a leader, like, no, actually, I'm not going to tell you the future. Um, but the truth is, is that I first had to believe it myself. And what was holding me back was, you know, I didn't want to share something that I viewed as a lie. Mm. So like vision casting for me was hard because I felt like, well, what if we don't hit it? What if we don't, um, we, I cast a vision of where we're going. And then if we don't hit it, then am I a liar? Did I stand in front of my people and say, this is what we're doing. And we end up not doing it. And, you know, and I shared that with her and she said, you know, well, we can't help you if we don't know where we're going. And part of us actually reaching the vision is understanding it. And then your organization will then get around the vision and will help you achieve it. And so I don't know if any of our listeners can sort of resonate with what I'm saying, but I think if you struggle with casting the vision and and part of it is a fear of failure, uh, why I wasn't doing it, I would really um, highly recommend you overcome this because your people need you um, to cast the vision and to share where you're going. 
Well, and I think that um, I think that's so good. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that. And and also, we got in a really big discussion with this when we had a bunch of uh, Empire Circle people up in my neck of the woods uh, last month. This is a group that through her best life. Very, very amazing women. And we we got into a long discussion around casting vision as a leader. And and here I'm about to launch, we're launching an episode on how to cast vision as a leader. And what I'm going to share with you, to Sarah's point, is you should not always cast vision as a leader. Discerning whether to do it or not is part of this equation. And, and one of the things we talked about is that my leader, my CEO, uh, does not cast certain visions. He casts, is very particular about what he casts. And I remember I, I went up to him once and I said, you know, I've noticed that interestingly, you don't share a lot of what you and I talk about privately with the group. And I'm curious why. And he said, because I think a lot of the times it's a burden and it becomes distracting. It It is not really their vision, it's my vision. What I want to spend time on is is casting their vision of their lives and themselves and attaching that to the organization. And and some of the organization's vision is important to share and some really isn't, some isn't fully fleshed out. Uh, You know, you may not have believed it, but I think partly knowing you, Sarah, it just wasn't fleshed out yet necessarily. You were still processing it and thinking it through. That was probably why you didn't believe it. It wasn't complete in your mind yet, or at least complete enough for you to go, okay, this. This. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, interestingly, having that discernment, knowing like, you know, what to share and what not to share, what to plant your flag in and what not to plant your flag in is part of this equation. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, our, our we're going to go into the four C's um, yep. that we found in terms of vision casting. And I think that's a huge part of it is having, having understanding where, where you're going and having, you know, clarity around that. So we're going to talk about that um, here yeah. in a second, but I, I think you're absolutely right on that. And so like having the discernment of when to share, who to share potentially with it, but ultimately at the end of the day, you are sort of the vision uh, CEO of the vision and casting the vision. Mm-hmm. And so we'll okay. give you some, uh, some how sort of tips on ha- how to do it uh, throughout this episode. Um, so get your pen out and paper Here we go. Um, and get ready to take some notes. Okay, so as we said, as a leader, you are the chief vision caster. That that's your that's your role. And today we're going to focus on the four C's that Steve is it Murel? Yes. Yep. Murel. He outlined them for us. He yep. outlined them, and and he he these are the four C's that he believes you have to have when vision casting. That I believe Sarah, you use these. I, I believe you are the one that. Yep. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about how you can create a vision so big that nobody wants to leave you or your organization. So the number one C, which I agree wholeheartedly with, is clarity. You want the vision to be specific and you want to provide clarity. The more clear you are with your vision, the more your team will get behind it. And I know, Sarah, you've got some stories behind this. What what I want to share about this is... I was just doing uh, some research and writing some content on communicating during times of crisis, which we've all been mm. through lately. But I, I had to present, and usually when I present, I do a little bit of extra research. And and the resounding commonality is specificity, is mm. communicating specifics, clear and concise and specific communication. So not that this is just in times of crisis and everything, but uh, the more specific and clear you are internally, you will then communicate that externally. That 
Absolutely right. They say that the majority of people will stay at a job because they have clarity around right. how they win and the specifics around that. And and so it, clarity goes hand in hand uh, with vision casting. And for me, you know, I, I just want to be transparent. This is something that I've struggled with after that question was asked of me, I went on a journey of understanding vision casting and I read every book there was out there around this topic. And the four C's have, have really helped me with that. So how I developed um, sort of our vision um, in terms of clarity was honestly, it started with my people. So I, I'm a big believer in uh, understanding where your people want to go, what the vision of their life is, just as um, you mentioned Ben Kinney the, uh, um, and, and him saying, you know, it's about their life. Well, honestly, that's to me is the organization's vision as well. Um, so they go hand in hand. So what I did was I sat my um, every team member down at the time. It took me about two months, um, but I did um, the what we call our, the motivational interview. It's actually used as a tool for hiring. I use that tool the most actually as a retention tool. So trying to understand where someone wants to be in five years in their life and then looking at our um, org chart and saying, okay, can they see themselves in our organization based on their goals that they have? Can they see themselves in our organization um, in the vision? Um, and so I tie vision to future organizational charts. Um, it's how I do it in terms of a picture. Um, and, and how I gave the clarity when I was struggling with this is sitting down with them, finding out, and then I built an organizational chart three years out, five years out that showed what their goals are within the organizational chart. Um, and so that's been a big key for how I've provided clarity um, and sort of the tactical ways that I did it when I was struggling in this area. Can I ask you a question on that, Sarah? Yeah. So here's where I'm curious. My concern with that would be, so I guess I'm going to poke a hole in it, but it's more in the spirit of learning from you. Um, my concern would be, okay, you know, where do you see yourself on this chart? Where, what, you know, here's a vision of the company. We're going to need a, I'm going to make this up right now, CMO, chief marketing officer. Okay. I see myself there. I want to be the chief marketing officer. That's great. What happens as a, as a leader, a CEO, which you are, when it becomes abundantly clear in a year or two, you need a very high level CMO to come in that is not this person. How do you handle that? So, okay, so um, good question. I think it starts with how you cast the vision. So um, I tie it into the org chart and we, we use blue boxes on the org chart for future positions. Um, and then I then say, if you see yourself in one of those blue boxes, let me tell you as a leader who you need to become to earn the right for the blue box. So it's not like a given, like mm. because you said you wanted it, then you're going to get it in three years, right? Um, and so setting it up to where uh, no matter what, within or outside the organization, that you have to earn um, that role and what we're looking for. And so sometimes it doesn't ha happen that way. And that's happened many times, but also people's vision for their lives change. Stuff happens along the way as well. But I think the key there is, is making sure that you have clear standards around growth in your organization, um, and how someone earns the right for those positions is key. So it's not like just a given because you said you want it, you get it. Um, yeah. it's more of like having the, the, um, standards around, where, how those positions will be filled. Thank you. That's, that's really helpful. 
All right, so number one C is clarity. Number two is compelling communication. So once you have clarity around your vision, around where your organization's going to go, the second C is making sure that you have compelling communication to where you can clear, uh, explain the vision um, in a way that they want to follow, right? A leader who makes an unprepared sloppy vision presentation can make an otherwise exciting vision seem boring, right? Um, so compelling vision produces action. Um, boring vision will produce absolutely nothing, right? Mm-hmm, so making mm-hmm. sure that you can compel your company and when you're explaining the vision to where they want to get behind it, um, the vision casting for me, because it's not something that was supernatural for me, it's actually the number one thing I practice. So I actually will practice casting the vision at home. Um, I will practice in front of a mirror. I then will practice many times uh, with my key leaders and making sure that I'm clear in my communication and that I'm compelling the organization to take action based around the vision. I love that. You know, I think that a lot of the times the creative spark that comes with this comes from sharing the vision and being a student of how people are receiving it and understanding body language and really listening to what what phrases and words they're they're repeating from you that you hear them talk to others. And if you can be aware of that, then what happens is it it, it then then you can keep honing and honing because this is actually a skill that I do well and it's very natural for me, but I, I continue to work on it purposefully as well. And I hear something that really resonates with me. And I start sharing that and and I can immediately see if that's taking off with speed with someone else, right? I can hear them repeat it. I, I can, I, you know, they'll repeat it back to me. I can hear it repeat it back to others. And so pay attention to how people are receiving you always in leadership, always, sorry, always in communication. Communication yes. is not what you are saying. It's how people are receiving you. That's, that's, that's everything. Communication is not what you're saying. It is how people receive you. I love that. One of the, one of the tools that I use when I'm casting a vision to really compel to action is actually storytelling. So storytelling is the single greatest visionary device any leader has in sort of in his or her toolbox. Um, so stories by their very nature take the listener into the future. So a well-told story will grab the attention of the audience. So as much as you can, creating a story around it. So when I'm casting the vision and I sh- and I share with my team, okay, this is where we're going in three to five years. This is what our organization is going to look like. This is the opportunity that you have. I then always tie it to our impact story continuing. So we talk about impact a lot within my organization. And I say our impact story is going to continue. And then I talk about the five um, groups of people or uh, five things that we're going to impact. And with each of those things, I tell a story of who we're going to impact and paint the picture of, um, of, of that through stories. So one of the best ways that you can communicate in a compelling way is storytelling. Yeah, I, absolutely. I love that. And um, I, I think that, you know, you and I do podcasts. Obviously, we do this podcast and we teach and speak a lot. I don't know about you, but I need to prepare my stories in advance because I find that when I'm on the spot, 
I don't always correlate the best story. So to me, a lot of my podcast prep, a lot of my teaching, speaking prep is like, what's what's a good story for this? And just, just trying yes. to be aware of that, right? And then sometimes um, when things happen to me in real life, in real time, I mean, like, I'll be like, oh, that, that'll be a good story for X, you know? And th- yes. That's part of it. Like, you just, just get, you have to catalog your stories. It sounds crazy, but you won't think of the right one at the right time, so... Yeah, so you can use stories from like within your organization sort of as as a, a roadmap, but also think about stories from history, sports, yep. or art that demonstrate the kind of greatness you're you're sure. wanting the team to achieve. Um, and so tying those in is a great place to look at stories as well. Um, maybe not from your own experiences, but from others. And also analogies. Analogies are really helpful as a substitute if you don't have a good story. I think analogies are are, um, usually in anything I've studied on storytelling, it's storytelling and analogies. So it kind of goes together because it's a little bit of a mini story. So So we're going to move into the third C, Sarah, and that is commitment. Commitment. Once you have a clear vision and can share it in a compelling way, you then want to ask those that follow you for their commitment to the vision, right? You want them to buy in and be dedicated, enthusiastic on the vision. So, um, uh, one of the things you say, really, I've heard you say it to your people, you say it a lot, is we are loyal to the vision and the mission. We're not loyal to a person, right? All of us together, united are loyal to the vision and the mission, right? So one of the things I know you did was you removed names from your org chart. And um, just like we were talking about just now, like, you know, you're like, look, we are going to need, in order for us to be to be loyal to our vision. We're going to need a CMO that's amazing someday, maybe even from Wall Street or something, right? Or from, you know, from a Fortune yeah. 100 company. And, and you know, that may or may not you, but, but by being in this organization and by all of us achieving this vision together, you will win for your life. You know, we will, we will make sure that you win for your life. It just, we have to be, in order to be loyal to the vision, we're not going to put your name on this, on this org chart two years down the road, right? Yeah, I mean, I uh, this was a big move that we made um, in our last sort of team advance, where I casted the the next three year vision, um, and I removed my name as well uh, from the CEO role, and so it just said CEO. And and um, now that did have some some uh, after effects, by the way, uh, because the team, some of the team members took that as I was leaving which is, was not the case at all. Um, but that's how th- there was some fear around that. But the point was, is that it's not about being loyal to a person, but are you loyal to the vision? Um, and the vision is not about a person. It's about uh, the impact that we're making on the world and our communities. And I think that that was a, a big um, a big sort of eye-opening thing, not just for me, but for my leadership team, as well as for my organization, because it's like all of us have to earn our positions every day. And part of being loyal to the vision is sometimes we have to say we're not maybe the best person for that role, or we need to hire from the outside or whatever that might be. Um, But but it's so important to to build a commitment around the vision to where your people uh, will say, I'm committed to this vision. I'm committed um, to uh, to our mission. So number four is, uh, 4C is building community. So one of the things that when you can cast a, a vision that's clear, when you can do it in a compelling way, when you can then have your people commit to the vision, it automatically builds a sense of community. So clear and compelling vision attracts committed people. 
So as the people then will sacrifice for the common vision, then that automatically builds community within your organization to where everyone's rallying around the one thing and they feel like everyone is you're in it together to make it happen. And we are constantly reminding our, um, our, our team members of our vision, and it is very specific, which is to be in 100 major metro cities, helping 100 families a month in each of those major metro cities to then give back a million dollars a year to those communities, to each community. And it's very specific, but we say it often. And what happens is the community around giving it's just in our innate, in our organization, because that is part of the vision, it builds the community around what we're ultimately after. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that that is really the, the true, a true community is formed when everybody is united unto something bigger than themselves, a, a, a vision, a, a goal, a movement that's bigger than themselves, right? And that is um, that is really the definition. That's what ties communities together is that that concept, and uh, and it's no different in business, right? Business is just yep. the same as any other community. Yep. yep. And we know, you know, uh, leadership can be lonely, um, and and people in your organization might struggle with loneliness at times. And to be honest, whenever I struggle with leadership lonely, I think about the community that I serve, which are my people, but I think about the vision and ultimately how um, we can do, accomplish so much together and that we're all in this together. And so it solves that in a, in a big way um, when, when you're when you're vision casting. Yeah. So um, do you want to kind of talk a little bit about, about how we do So we, we just went through the four C's. How do we do all of this? Yeah, I think uh, the first thing is starting with with your values, right? Um, so when you're looking at at um, vision casting and, and coming up with your vision, so starting um, with your values, what do you believe in, and where do you want to go? Um, I think that you can see that in the vision of my company, right? It's I have a value of giving back. Um, it's in like ingrained in who I am as a human. Um, and you see that show up in in the vision, but it started with understanding what are my what are my values. Yeah. And, and then you kind of ask yourself the question from that, like, what does the perfect week look like? What does the perfect day look like? Who's on my team? What's the perfect team? You know, wh- what, is, what is my job besides being the leader? Do I have a role, a role specific thing besides being a leader for most CEOs? It's growth. Uh, so some, sometimes there's some exceptions where it's not growth. Usually it's growth. How much money are you making? What's your profit margin? And, and I think that this, again, it's going to tie back to that first episode on self-leadership because a lot of this is learning how to think in terms of backing into visions, backing into goals, reverse engineering the thought. If you have the vision, knowing how to get there is really secondary, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, I think, you know, the example I gave of sitting your team members down, understanding where their vision is for their life will uh, many times give you good ideas mm-hmm. around what your vision should look like, uh, what your future organizational chart should look like, where you're going. Um, a lot of times your people and their goals honestly um, matter way more that, than yours in my world. And so it's so important to understand where their goals are and then making sure that you're building a vision around that. So that's a very practical way of how you can do that. Well, and also, Sarah, as far as how how we do this, sometimes we can get help, right? I think that a good example is what we just went through with her best life. You know, working together yes. in a community, we were definitely all geared towards the same vision, bigger than ourselves, but we we needed help. Yeah. 
Yep. And so we hired someone from the outside to help us with that. And so to talk through uh, where we want her best life to be in five years. Mm -hmm. And it was quite the process. It took many hours. Um, But honestly, I'm so happy with um, Wendy casted the vision for us uh, yesterday. And I'm so happy with the result of that. Um, And it did take us getting outside help. So at times, um, if you have partners or if you're in an organization where you have key leaders and you and you want to really dial in on the vision, um, making sure that you can maybe possibly hire someone from the outside to help you uh, talk that through with your people has been powerful for us. Yeah, and that's right. And if you have a team, you can sit them down. You can kind of sit down with them and, and you can get a whiteboard out or a flip chart or whatever it is and ask them, where do you want to go? What do you want this to look like in five, you know, five years or whatever it is? What what are you don't forget your hopes and dreams? What are those? And and you know, how can we weave them in? And and maybe we thought you were going down one road, but your hopes and dreams are telling us you should be going down this road. And that aligns with this part of the vision, not maybe this part that we thought it did, right? Yeah. So so bringing yep. your team in, in in is 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 a good thing to do. And also as leaders, we're sort of the chief vision casters too, though. Yep. Yep. And I think part of how we can tacti- like, you know, tactically do that in terms of casting the vision is I always present it at our team advance every single year, but I don't stop there. So I believe that you should be casting the vision every quarter. Um, and so we follow the 12-week year system. And so every single quarter, I'm reminding um, the team in terms of what we're doing, how we're being loyal to the vision, and what they need to do in the next quarter to make it happen. Um, and, and you can also do this. I know Wendy talked about the GPS on our last podcast um, with self-leadership. This is the same. Uh, the GPS can also be a way of um, creating the vision and then also using that to cast the vision as well. Yeah, I, I do want to tell a story. So I think that because you said it earlier that you said you look, I have to. I say this at every meeting. I say this. You, you've mentioned numerous times throughout this episode how, that you practice the vision and that you share it a lot with your group. And and I I had a, a a cool cool win this week about this where I was the recipient of it. You know, as a leader, I'm trying to do the same thing, Sarah. I'm trying to do what you're trying to do. And and um, here we are on this podcast. And every single episode, week in and week out, we say the same things. Empire Building Podcast is to help people grow big businesses and even bigger lives. We could say it in our sleep, right? We've said yep. it hundreds of times together, right? And you know, yep. and it, it might just sound like it's a podcast slogan and and maybe I thought it was. You know, maybe I thought it was. I don't know. But what happens when you tell yourself something over and over again for 210 or 15 episodes, <laughs> however many we've done for two straight years, what happens is one day you wake up and you realize you're living it. You're living mm. the vision of having pe- helping people grow businesses and live even bigger lives. And I, I, I uh, had a life event happen that was like a major milestone in my life that was not business related, but it was a direct effect of business. And and I, one of the first thoughts that came to me, we we were at the closing table, we closed on this you know home, and I was I was a little bit overcome in that moment because I thought I am literally helping people grow bigness, big businesses and live even bigger lives. I am doing that for myself. And I didn't even yes. realize it. It didn't even occur to me because I was living it. I was in the moment. I was being mindful. But I think it's a testament to sharing something over and over and over again. Whether you believe it fully or not, I don't know. But 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 it can't help but but help. <laughs> when, when you say something over and over and over again like that. Well, I mean, I, I, I did it. 
Yeah, I, I think that that's such a powerful example via, and yes, you did, first of all, like I'm, and it makes me so happy. Um, and it's such a powerful example of it all starts in our minds. And then yeah. also the words we say have power. Um, and I think, you know, it was when I first did my first ever vision casting, I was, I was nervous and I, and I, you know, stood up in front of my team and I shared where we're going. Um, but do you know what? I was more nervous three years later when I was sharing the next three years, because we had gotten to the, to the vision I casted three years before. And I was almost shaking because I felt like I was, oh, not felt like I knew that I was actually showing the future. And I think it's so powerful when you can actually accomplish something like you, you have via, it builds so much confidence, but it all starts in our mind. It starts in the words we say. And so when we're, when we, when you are a leader and it's your job to cast that vision, just know that those words do hold power and your people will rally around it when you do a good job at making it clear, making your communication powerful around it, and then also making sure that they feel like they can commit to it, right? Um, it's so, so powerful. So powerful. I love this. And and in conclusion, going back to the very, very beginning of this episode, right? Sarah said it exactly spot on right, which is if you start believing your own word to yourself and you start believing the own vision you're casting to yourself, then you can build on that. And more and more, Sarah knows that the next big vision will come true because all the visions have come true before that. And so if you need to start somewhere, start with making your bed every morning. Start with, you know, start with working out three times a week. It can start with, start at the very basic foundational level of keeping your own promises to yourself. That may seem unrelated. I I get it, but it is so related to this. And then start believing in little mini visions you have for yourself. And and you can build on that like a muscle. It'll strengthen like a muscle. And as you build it and build it and build it, they will come. (laughs) You know, you will lead others by leading yourself to believe that vision. When Sarah said earlier she wasn't ready to share the vision, it wasn't fully formulated. And she just wasn't there in a place where she believed it yet. It was the right call to make to not share that vision yet. So thank you. Thank all of you guys. What a great episode. I loved this episode today, Sarah. I loved it. Me too. It it was so good. And so I I hope you guys can can go back and maybe re-listen. I think this is one of those episodes where you might get, you know, one thing the first time and then something else the second time. But have a great week, everyone. And we sure appreciate you. Bye, guys. 